Hey there, folks. Digs of the Black Pants Legion here, coming to you live with uh, Deputy and Tom Tombill, one of the mayors, the forever mayor of the Black Pants Legion. And uh, Tex wanted to hand this one off to a couple of the other BPL members. It's kind of a celebration of the 100th episode of the podcast. So you're stuck with the guy who was on the first episode, a guy that was somewhere in the middle of the episode, and the guy who was on the last episode. So I figured that like nice array of people would be really good for, you know, kind of a celebratory 100th episode. So, like I said, to my top left on my Discord screen, because we're not live together, is Deputy. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Howdy. Well said. Deputy is the guy you know. He's the guy who screens all the input questions that come into the BPL, uh, BPL podcast and uh, uh, gives wonderful naming conventions to all of them to the point where he doesn't remember what he, why he named things a certain way. And to my top right is... One of the best, the forever mayor of the BPL, Tom Tombadil of the Black Pants Legion. Hi, Tom. Hey, guys, it's me, Tom Tombadil of the Black Pants Legion. I make shit posts and fart on the Discord. That's and if it. you've ever tuned into one of the WBPL 76 uh, weekends and or random roguelikes, you would have seen Tom has made a couple wonderful commercials for the WBPL 76. Tom's Wide Bean House and One and a Half Digs. One and a Half Digs. And Deputy is exhibiting what plants call photosynthesis as he absorbs all the light of the sun <laughs> through his window. It's, it's a skylight, and that's the problem, is it's currently just high enough in the sky that it's pointing straight down on my desk. My <laughs> desk pad is black, and it's still reflecting this much light onto me. <laughs> that's a good reflection going on. So I, I came into this with no real idea what we talk about. I figured WPL, since all of us have been somewhat featured on it. Uh, Tom, mm-hmm. I remember an episode you were talking about how much you wanted to have an episode just talking about gum. So I figured we can kind of dive into what is your fascination with gum, your favorites and uh, recommendations, I guess. Deputy, your uh, knowledge of wealth I, or your, your knowledge factor is so high, I don't even know how to approach you in conversation. So uh, well, whatever Jesus you'd like Christ. to jump in. <laughs> We do have Mike in the background going to be supplying us with submitted questions that went to the Black Pants Legion podcast. Uh, we have no idea which ones he's going to throw at us, and we're none of us are huge Battletech people, so this should be fun. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, sorry, guys. I came in before the Battletech swarm. Same yeah. here. <laughs> I think all of us were here way before Battletech was even a thought in people's eyes. I mean, we played Living Legends here and there. I mean, that was, that was one that we kept bouncing back to, but I didn't know anything about Battletech when we were playing Living Legends. What what I know about the the genre, the IP I have gleaned from text and being here through cultural osmosis. Ninety percent of my information from Battletech comes from Mech Warrior Five playthrough on whatever single player story that they shoved down my throat. And I was like, oh, that's a nice mech. Oh, that's a nice mech. Oh, how's this mech work? And then text being in the room going, well, the reason they made that one is because uh, a million other reasons that I'm like, that's amazing. I have five options in this game. And obviously through the Tech Talk Battletech videos, which is just a fountain of information about history, production, and everything about the mech, and a couple other mechs related to it in ways. I just kind of scrubbed through those videos to see what you guys did with slides. All right, you were specifically the Emperor in the, um, the Steiner Scout Squad invading that guy's gold, the statue animated video by dc bruins right yeah yeah i was brought in to do professional fat guy sounds you did great uh, (laughs) yeah it was was a fun time did you get any voice lines in the last warhammer video not in the last one 
Uh, I don't know. I always feel very disappointed in my voice lines because hearing them back, I always feel like I sound very uh, monotone and dead. Yeah, but that's I, a that's I promise a, that's a I'm voice a more animated about. person in in person. Yeah, but when you're portraying a character, if your character is supposed to be monotone and dead, you hit the mark every time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, and I think they've began casting me in those sorts of roles, but Tex would be like, hey, say this. I'd be like, okay. So I said it and I sent it and he's like, great. And then, you know, I'm opposite Duncan Fisher and Duncan's doing the, he's really chewing the scenery and I'm like, oh yeah, you're under arrest. We've, I think we've both <laughs> been killed by Duncan Fisher quite a few times now. I got blown up with two different variations of Fireball. Uh, so that that's my interaction with Duncan Fisher personally. And I, I've featured a number of the voice lines in the Van Zant recruitment video, which came out quite amazing. Uh, Gypsy really knocked that one out of the park. Yeah. Text storyboarding it like crazy. Uh, oh, yeah. So well, I mean, uh, I've only talked to him a couple of times, but he's a fantastic dude. Duncan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, well, we have George a will com- do, yeah, yeah, George will do. Yeah. He, we talked to each other a little bit on, uh, Twitter here and there, but he like interacts with fans anywhere there. But once in a while, I'll bring up something else and I'm like, I'd never win a night's gift. And I'd be like, I know this one isn't you, but it's hooray for me. And he'll be like, I hate that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I mean, uh, if we want to kind of like start off a conversation point, we can just have Mike kind of bring up our first question so we can yeah. jump in. This next one's just called, if you guys are adding text names to these, we don't get anything but audio. Sorry. Oh, sorry there, bud. To text Mike and anyone else listening, first, with your collective knowledge of Ghostbusters, if you get my name wrong, fucking shame on you. You all know better. Uh, But I do want to thank you for your podcasts and your work on YouTube. You've inspired me to actually start moving towards some personal projects I've been putting off for years. Uh, I'm planning, in thanks to write up a rough draft of the Tank Knights RPG, that will be still based heavily on the old Road Trader game. A lot of it will work the same basically lifted right off there except with tanks instead of ships and hopefully combat flows better Uh, i hated the space combat there Uh, but yeah i just want to say thanks and wanted to know if you wanted a copy emailed to the black pants legion of that when it's done maybe something comes of it maybe nothing comes of it i just wanted to know if you were interested hope you everything's going well everyone take care and text use your vacation time well, I'm going to decide that your name was Vigo the Carpathian because we did not get anything, uh, any text names or whatever. It gets scrubbed. I get a random string of numbers. So, uh, Vigo, um, we really can't interact with very much of that question. <laughs> well, I will say we, we do appreciate that you would, you know, that you're enjoying what the VPL is putting out. And I know for a fact that Tex would love if you submitted like your write up for your tanks game. He likes to see the the stuff that he inspired or the BPL inspired uh, come out through his fans. So that's a really good way of like showing such appreciation and respect for things that he's put out in the world. So you know the email. If you don't, it's theblackpantslegion at gmail.com. Uh, he'd love to see it when you get around to it. Uh, as for everything else in that question, I got to say, uh, none of us were part of that. So as Deputy also said, it's kind of hard for us to input it because unfortunately we're not part of the crew that was in the dark hair or the rogue trader or dark heresy game i've heard it's a good system i've heard i've heard things about it <laughs> and you know getting away from the space combat for tanks is great i mean we did a only war with goat not too long ago where we were all in kind of tanks just screaming and running over an entire village trying to get away from a whole bunch of raiders uh but yeah i mean 
if, if you submit it, I mean, if you submit the, you know, whatever you have written up, I'm sure he'll appreciate it. But, you know, Rogue Trader was the first uh, tabletop RPG, actually, to have killed a person. Like in really? lore? No. An actual person. Like they hit him with a book? No, they, they had a heart attack. I'm making that up. Be back later oh. with more fa- bad facts <laughs> with the deputy. I was, I was sitting there like, wait, wait, how do you kill you with a heart attack reading? Is a heart attack really because of a, a game? Uh, okay. Yep. I feel like there'd be other uh, causes of that. <laughs> Every, well, you Rogue know, Trader was the straw that c- broke the camel's back. He's like, I hate these tier lists. Uh, uh. <laughs> Goes right. down punching his pacemaker like the general adventure brothers. Come on. Well, thank you for submitting your question. We'll go on to the next one. <laughs> All right. That was the movie, or sorry, that was the uh, the guy who apparently put his name in a question we didn't get an answer for. So anyway, the next one is just called, That Was a Close One. Time Limit Almost Got Him. Hey, podcast. Listening through this year's uh, collection and came across the uh, comment about you know, the squirrels that are as big as bears in the Battletech universe. And I just thought, one, that would be a great spinoff if you had to uh, run like a one-shot RPG for a recovery team, maybe in Delta Green or I don't know if anybody else is familiar with the Spycraft games, either Classic or 2.0. Uh, 2.0 actually, 2.0 lends itself to uh, have mechanics from it ripped for other homebrews. I recommend checking it out, but it is massively fucking complicated. Also, what other sort of creatures are there? I know Mike touched on it, and I was just intrigued, and I can't seem to... My Google foo sucks, is what I'm saying. But, um, yeah, are there, like, rhino lizards or elephant mice or anything like that? Anyway, thank you, guys. Keep on keeping on. Sorry if I talk too fast. I only have a minute. Okay, bye! Well, uh, once again, thank you for calling in and submitting such a wonderful question. Those questions we get are some of the best we get out there, and we appreciate the questions we get. And that's what there with one of like the really good questions that we get in the, on the Black Pants Legion podcast. That being said, unfortunately, as we mentioned earlier in this podcast, is uh, Tom, Deputy, and I were all definitely the Space Station 13 era joiners where we were just doing dumb stuff on a space station. And then we suddenly became part of the Battletech community by proxy of Texas Passion Projects. I, I, I didn't even join for Space Station 13. I saw how you guys turned Sub Rosa, an absolute dog shit game, into something that looked fun. And I was like, these guys probably hang. Yeah, Gates was able to turn Gates can turn most mediocre games into his hilarious psych, like chaotic nature, just blowing up. Yeah, I still think we got to go back to SCP Secret Lab at some point because yeah. we have so many new players and it's been updated so much since last time we played. But yeah, unfortunately, our origins kind of like go way past before the Battletech that came in. So we Battletech's hard for us to answer. I would probably say if you can find squirrels the size of what mammoths. You'd, right. pro- you'd probably find a cat bigger than a mountain. By the power vested in me in the state I currently reside, I declare all of the creatures that you mentioned in your question canon, but only on Clanner Worlds. Next question. <laughs> okay, the next one is just called Sci-Fi Questions from a Drunk Cascadian. Oh, fuck. Greetings, pa- uh, Black Pants Legion. Uh, from the Pacific Northwest, from a day drinker. Uh, so first question is, what is the, what is y'all's least favorite sci-fi gimmick? 
Example, time manipulation. Fucking bullshit. You got scenario one. You can manipulate time to go back and save someone, but the timeline was just like, no, fuck you. We're going to kill them anyway. Or scenario B, you're in the time. You have the timeline where you can manipulate time. You go back and obviously you kill Hitler, but you know, someone else takes this place or then you get an offshoot and then you become, there's multiple timelines. And then who's the real you? Um, Is that it? Timelines, you know, I want Tom, you you should go first. What is your worst like trope in sci-fi? I'll even extend it to fantasy. What's your like main like wow, that's overused or bullshit or you hate it? Oh, definitely you get reborn into another world. That that type of thing. You watch way like, too much anime as well, yeah, or you get hit by yeah. a truck and suddenly you're like a hero inside a video game world or fantasy world or something, yeah. or you're a spider suddenly. <laughs> it's it's pretty awful. Most of the time there's some shows that do it well but uh that's definitely one of my things what about you Depp? Ooh, for sci-fi i'd say it's the uh unbelievable plot armor that your hero ship always has in space combat uh because you look the first like five times at battleship battlestar galactica in the remake um they should have been dead five six times over in the first season uh, just a law of averages. There comes a point where near luck runs out, and it seems that to make the story work, there's a lot of very lucky breaks for protagonists in sci-fi. It's it's amazing how different the same ship is built for like a main character and then some guy you just said, all right, let's go, boys, because let's go, boys, gets hit by like a graze of a laser. The whole thing explodes. You just hear him scream to yeah. death. You, well, get you don't hear the scream because it's a vacuum. Yeah. yeah, like he just explodes here. Nothing, but there's these explosives, anyways. And then you see this guy get hit by like two missiles, twelve lasers. Like the droid on the back is somehow like poking shit with his nose, is fixing yep. it like in an X-wing. And he's standing there with his <laughs> hands on his hips, like, ah, man, how crazy that they were all duds. Yeah, <laughs> I think my worst trope is I only because it's so abused. Is one I think him like with a timeline thing. It's like oh, different timeline, but like marvel's different earths or dc no no oh yeah getting into the multiverse stuff yeah like i get the multiverse i think it's fun especially with like i think the movie did well enough um like the spider first both of them the animated one was just uh, really good in my opinion um but i like the idea anyone can take okay this is a new earth spider-man i can do what i want with it because it's my oc it's still spider-man i can still do the spider-man thing but this is completely not connected to anything else yeah, but now he's evil and he's got three feet. Yeah. And every every ten years he grows another foot. Like it's like cool ID. But I'm not I'm not a good I'm not super I think I'm just burnt out on the idea that like every time someone wants to do something, it it's the same characters you're sp- try to knowing love and you try to like get into it, but it's a different version. So well, it yeah, just gets frustrating. There's a there's a push to make oh well this is Superman but different instead of developing characters that already are around. There's a lot out there, and they, there's still you can make your own. I mean, it's not crazy to make your own superhero, but why do that when you have all these? <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's it. Reborn into a video game or another world um, timeline and different Earth levels of realities and. Uh, Plot armors crossed uh, every hero in every pretty much sci-fi or anything really. The Expanse would have been a much shorter series if they'd all just died in the shuttle. 
It would have been episode one where they stopped it and the thing just started blowing through. The like, okay, it's like, all right, what's a realistic Go. space story? <laughs> all right, next question. Oh, man, that was good. All right, the next one is just called The Sodium Vapor Lamp Buzzing in the Background is Distracting. Sorry, you were saying? Uh, hey, BPL Podcast. <laughs> uh, just wondering, because again, I'm on my quest to listen through everything from this year and I'm, I'm doing pretty good. But uh, you talk a lot about video games and how some of them have just been fucking dumbed down to basically not be the same game. Skyrim, uh, XCOM, you know, those are the like. In your opinion, each one of you, by the way, by the way, hi to everybody. uh, What game do you think has been treated the worst in its subsequent iterations? Uh, And to end it on a positive after that, what game do you think has been treated the best? Like, what game has only gotten better with time? Or what game has been, like, reinvented so that it is it is fun and fresh in a new or interesting way? Anyway, hope you guys are having a good afternoon, evening, or night. And I look forward to uh, listening more to your podcast because it's delicious. It tastes quite good, yes. I have to admit, I'm not a huge gamer anymore, so it's hard for me to, like, I don't go through old series. I don't beat, like, Kingdom Hearts 1, 2, and 3. I just play whatever's around. Uh, the most recent game I could say that got better in iterations were a couple. Well, State of Decay 2 is far better than State of Decay 1, but also that, like, recently I'm playing through the Baldur's Gate games. I think they've only gotten better. Uh, I would say, what was the other one that was off the top of my head? Oh, we are. Me and Gonzo have been playing the We Were Here series, which is like a co-op puzzle game, which requires communication over like a walkie-talkie and game. That one's gotten way better since the first one. So if you're uh, looking for something to play with a partner or your friend online, definitely check out We Were Here. There's We Were Here, We Were Here 2, We Were Here Together, and now they recently released We Were Here Forever. I um, highly recommend those. But I don't really have like an overarching game. It's like, oh, every Dark Souls, it's the first one's been better. Or excluding Bloodborne, it's cousin, you know, and Elden Ring, it's mother. I don't, yeah, I don't have any of that stuff. Does it, do you guys? I mean, I don't really know how much you guys play games either these days. Uh, game. I game. The games? Tell, tell games. us your best game. Tell Tom, tell us your best and worst games that you think have gotten better or worse over time. Um. Well, I think. The Bioshock trilogy, I think that just went up and up and up. Like the first one was just yeah, like, so like cool. you mean below ocean to the sky, like that yeah. kind of rise. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> but like Bioshock one was like so cool. The whole thing was just like so neat when I first played it, and then Bioshock two came out, and I was like, oh my god, it's like Bioshock one, but better. And then Bioshock Infinite came out, and it was like this. It's basically Bioshock, but like a whole bunch of like new cool mechanics, like zip lining and stuff. That was fun. Really, really cool. Uh, But as far as worst ones, I'd say Fable, because Fable One was like sweet when it started, and then they like started to go like they started to get really optimistic with it. Like, but it it was clear that they didn't have like the production for it, so it just kept going down, and then. Fable 3, it was like, oh, it's cool that your guy has a voice now. Yeah. Was it necessary? <laughs> was it Was it really necessary? Yeah, it would be it cool if it came back. And I think they are trying to make it come back. But I just hope it's good. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we, we found out that Tom's one of those people that thinks Infinite's the best of the series. Yeah, I do. It's an objectively wrong opinion. I mean, <laughs> it's yours nonetheless. And in, in the world... 
the world, the world building rapture, in, war, in rapture yeah. rapture is cooler like 200 percent cooler but like the fun i had playing infinite was like way better <laughs> it might not have been like deep dark gritty or like you know more, uh, more of a fantasy kind of place but it became a lot more like visually pleasing and the narrative was a lot oh, cooler it, it was yeah. beautiful it was beautiful, it was beautiful. and i liked the story i liked booker dewitt as a voice character the gameplay is where it kind of suffered it was kind of a letdown after two had refined all of the game mechanics of one it felt like a step backwards in gameplay but i agree with you that i like infinite the best as far as plot and characters no, uh, for worst uh, degradation of a series, I'm going to have to go with Call of Duty. I mean, it's been 20 years now, but I remember playing that first Call of Duty game and being blown away. And then Call of Duty 2 and 3 and then 4 were kind of the highlight of the series. And after that, it has just become tripe as they've begun to cater. I was always a single player guy. I never was very interested in multiplayer. If I did, it was local split-screen co-op with my friends. That's just the generation of gamer that I am, I suppose. Um, Call of Duty 2, you have you hit like kind of a nail on the head now that I think about it. Back when I was in college, I had a friend who was an electro, uh, electric engineer, electrical engineer student whose dad had like one of those gamer basements where it's 16 thrown together PCs that only play old games. <laughs> and we would in like in middle mid two thousands, we're still in there playing call of duty one, two and three on yeah. local land in this guy's basement with a whole bunch of other students and his dad and a couple other friends. And we would just bring food and beer and have like a land party down there. We, and no other game at that time, besides a couple, like, fl- like we had a couple of flight Sims we played as well, but it always came back to call of duty because they were just such classics and well-made. And then, yeah, no, you, you look at you look at what is being turned out now, and it's that uh, apathetic dad meme where he turns away from the fucking computer. You're like, oh, yeah, another Call of Duty. It is that time. And then you move on with your life. Uh, and it's sad to see a studio that was so innovative at that time be reduced to that in the name of the chasing the glorious dollar. And now, yeah, uh, right now you could shoot um i think king kong and godzilla in it right now and they'll kill you like that's their big thing right now i saw a couple commercials on it yeah it it went from innovation being what was pushing copies of games to new gimmicks how many can Um, we release a year yeah kind of the same thing happened for medal of honor i played the original medal of honor and that was absolutely thrilling as as a young uh, child playing on PlayStation 1 for the first time, having only played on the Super Nintendo before that. It's 3D. That looks like a Nazi. This looks like a Thompson. It was just mind-blowing. Uh, and that was the same era that uh, Saving Private Ryan had come out. I mean, it all, it all tied together in kind of this cultural zeitgeist. Um, best? I don't really know. Um... It seems like there's a real problem with games either hitting their peak and then trying to go beyond it rather than ending on a high note, or they never do find their peak. Like Mass Effect, I don't think ever ever found that perfect mix of RPG and shooter elements. Um, and the series, nobody's willing to touch it right now because of how badly Andromeda did, despite yeah. the fact that universe has so many stories waiting to be told. Yeah, they so. really put out a big 
area that they could develop new stories and ideas and plot lines. And they kind of just left it empty because everyone's like, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, they, the narrative. They wrote themselves into a corner where they can now only do prequels or abandon the Milky Way. And uh, I, I mean, if we were going to go straight off, of, I just thought of one when you brought up Mass Effect. It put me in The Witcher. I think Witcher is one of those games that had to get better because that first one, despite everyone's like, oh, my God, it's was it rough? was so bad. Like combat, <laughs> chunkiness, movement, the story. Until you got halfway through that game, you're like, I don't even know what I am because it told you you didn't know what you were. You had to find out. And it's like, OK, I'm kind of cool Two. I, I mean, it was it's kind of a mixed bag. It was definitely an upgrade in a lot of like mechanical ways. And I think it, it went a good direction for the story because it's, you know, it's anything based on writing usually has a decent. I mean, if you're going to build a world on some writing, you think it's probably going to do a good video game at that point. And then when three hit, while I could never get into three and I don't know why, I just couldn't start. I think my brain was like, you never beat two, so you're not allowed to play three. And I know that's not the real way you should approach any games, but because I could never get into three, I don't have a strong opinion on it, but it's impossible to deny that how many people love and how much rewards it's won and the infamy oh, yeah. it has for being that. And then we got cyberpunk, <laughs> well, <laughs> which is yeah. fun now. It, it's yeah. Uh, most of its major problems have been fixed. I was, I guess in the minority on cyberpunk because I had two glitches that I can recall from my first playthrough on opening day. One, all the children had uh, adult human faces, and I thought Polish kids just looked like that, so I didn't think <laughs> it was anything weird. And cars would pop in and drop a couple feet to hit the ground. Well, so um, I, I had 10 hours of Cyberpunk like the opening week before I put it down, and I ran into three major problems. One, every time I turned left, there was an entire army of police that show up out of nowhere, and I hated the pop-in on that. <laughs> Two, I would kill enemies that were my target, but they would get like merged with the wall and they wouldn't be considered dead. They're just like, uh, 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 and I'm like, I can't hurt him. I'm shooting him. I'm blowing up the area. And now he's just part of the world and I can't, I can't continue now. So I'll reload. And then, th- and then like the third one was just like, I would turn and I'd look left and I'd look back and like their clothes would be different or they'd be like, now it'd be all like, like you'd see it change really fast. I'm sitting in the diner. I, well, I don't think it spoils this point, but like one point you go into a diner with like essentially Johnny, but not really. And, but you're looking around and everyone's clothes were just changing rapidly. Like every time there's like all these different outfits. I'm like, am I in like a simulation right now? Well, if they, if they could have taken that little kernel and run with it, that would have been fantastic, right? The world literally devolving around you. Are you in a simulation if this chip is able to affect you like this? Imagine um, you're playing through someone else's BTS chip or BTL chip in yeah, BTL? You're, you're playing a brain dance that somebody else has yeah, already right. done. BTL is Shadowrun. But yeah, if I was brain dance, like if you came out of Cyberpunk 2077 as a giant like brain dance, and the second game they come out with was you now have to act on all the shit that you just did in Witness. So now you have to stop yeah. the guy you were brain dancing for. That would be fucking awesome. That would have been amazing. No, I did. I did have a uh, funny moment in that I was I was trying to do a build that I called the Doom Guy, where I would run around with a double barrel and blow people away. But you can't really do that until you get that particular skill set high enough. So the way that I uh, 
kind of made sure that I could get to that point was I found and then made like a hundred crafting spec of the rare person seeking grenades. Yeah. So I uh, there was some NPC that I wasn't supposed to kill and he just happened to get caught in a uh, blast of about a 30 grenade swarm that was going to the guy next to him. So I run up to his body and he's just a torso with no limbs and half a face. And he looks at me and he says his line and then goes, Ugh, and <laughs> dies like it's an eighties film. And it was just so surreal. He almost got me. <laughs> uh, it's like you're not even here, Lieutenant Dan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's sitting there. He doesn't have a mouth. It's just an eye tracking where I'm moving as I'm trying to figure out what's going on and where this voice is coming from. And then he dies. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> ha, that was a classic deputy question. Anyway, the next one is just called Ekeros has a question for deputy. Oh, this one goes to uh, deputy. I know you're listening. You've listened to all these. I just wanted to say uh, thank you as well as sorry. <laughs> you know what I'm apologizing for. But uh, what is the uh, the least accurate, I, I guess would be the best way to put it, the least accurate police game, you know, that you, you've personally played. We're, we're talking, what is the uh, Saints Row of police games? Oh, the Saints Row of police games. Good Lord. That's a, that's a tough one. I'm going to have to ponder on that. Disco Elysium is truthful in some ways that hurt but fanciful in some ways that are very, very funny. The SWAT games are, they're okay. What was, God, what was that really shitty SWAT game uh, from like the mid 2000s? It was like Armed Response or something where you played Riot Shield Cop in like Crapsack Los Angeles. Uh, it was it was like an Xbox exclusive. God, I'll have to look that up. Hold on. I'd say I'd say that was your over the top super cop Jackie Chan version of a police video game. What it was not Payne? armed response. Max well, Payne. okay, yeah, I never <laughs> I never played Max Payne. Oh, really? Yeah, no, I couldn't afford it. I was very poor growing up. Um, there was this one game called like L A. Um, L A. I think it was L A. Stories, and it was like you were like some <laughs> kung fu fighting cop dude. And you never did anything cop-like. You just show up and it'd be like, ah, copper, and you just beat the crap out of everyone you saw. I think that's pretty up there with uh, Sleeping Dogs is a pretty yeah, good game. That's a good one. Uh, I think you're a cop you, in that, though. You are. People keep telling you you're a cop as you, like, murder people. And you're like, oh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't be doing this as you, like, Don't pull they have a guy a karma in system, too? I believe like, they do, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, are you really a good cop? Are you not a bad cop? You know? Yeah. I think sleeping that was probably up there with prop. I don't really know how their cops work over there, but I'm sure it's not hitting people with cars and hitting, like finding every weapon on the ground to kill your enemies with. Yeah, probably not. Unless it's like Yakuza where it's like, oh, you don't actually kill them. They just hurt real bad. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, yeah. Riot Control Simulator on Steam. That looks like an absolute riot. We may have to try that at some point. Is it like prison riots or no it it appears to be like like the la riots oh, no uh even worse it looks like it's the occupy protests oh oh that looks awful 
Urban chaos. That's the one I was thinking of. Urban chaos. Riot response. We got to take down these peaceful protesters no matter what. <laughs> yeah, no. Jesus Christ. That looks absolutely horrific. Okay. Uh, All right. We can go next question from that one. But no, I don't really play a lot of cop games. Neither do I. It's like doing work, but like doing, you know, the Dr. Mario version of my job. <laughs> All right. This next one is just called best glitches this is jacob and i'm just kind of hammering out a few questions while i have the chance but what would be uh, your guys's favorite glitch moment in a video game uh, for myself it would be when i was playing fallout 3 and i decided to finally actually do the main storyline and there's that vault full of super mutants you have to go through and i'm being sneaky and i'm going around the corner and there's these stairs and i decided to get this super mutant down the hallway up the stairs to come to me and I'll drop a bunch of landmines and go around the corner so he goes down the stairs boom they all go off and I turn around the corner and all I see are bloody knee stumps I look up his head glitched into the ceiling like a fucking cartoon it was fucking hilarious head perfectly stuck through the ceiling bloody knee stumps hanging right at head level my my most buggy game I've ever played I mean, outside of like obviously broken ones, I think it was Skyrim. I when I used to record some old Skyrim stuff before the BPL, that's how long that game's been out, guys. Um, I would routinely walk into NPCs. I'd be sitting midair, and you bump them, and then they float off into the ceiling and get killed by the impact. And it was like a slow crush, like a pressure guy. It's like do 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 do. <laughs> they just sit there at the ceiling for a while. And if you looked away or went a little bit too far, you turn around, you just see it go because <laughs> the <laughs> physics finally kicked back in. And that would happen like almost every time I go into a tavern or a new area that was like inside, you just run into these NPCs that would just glitch out repeatedly. It was really early on, but man, I, I had so many, I was really abused on the G force experience replay recording option back then where I was like, all right, every time this stuff happens, I'm just going to hit like alt F1 and it's going to record the last minute so I can share these dumb Skyrim only moments with people from them. They're like heads getting stuck into a wall and following me. So you just see the stretchy body that's slowly getting more discordant and warped running at you with weapons, just going more and more back to just become like just going through the walls or just gravity giving up. The uh, the ones that come to mind for me are all like when we tried Arma here in the Legion and we would send tanks into orbit because they bumped a rock wrong and consign half of our little group to just gray death. Especially the four-wheelers. Oh, the four-wheelers. Those six-wheel four-wheelers that Steven liked. They were so fun when they worked. But yeah. they always just did the most weird glitches. I always think back to like GTA four where you could do the swing set glitch. You'd like drive your car into a swing set and then it just launches your car across the map. And my friend, me and my friends used to play that game in high school and we would just spend hours doing this stupid swing set glitch. Trying to like land on different buildings and stuff. Yeah. I God. Speaking of hours wasted in Grand Theft Auto. Uh, in San Andreas, me and uh, my stepdad, actually, we spent hours and hours and hours uh, when I was in high school getting various equal. Each vehicle was more ridiculous than the last. 
up the top of that mountain and then driving it off the little ramp made by the memorial to see how <laughs> far we could get it to go. Everything from the bicycles to we taxied one of the Cessnas up that mountain once. <laughs> uh, I love going down the giant hills. Dude, like I would just I would jump on uh, San Andreas and just drive like the highway drive, the huge loop. Yeah, it was just you put on a radio station because, you know, Grand Theft Auto, regardless of like when you're thinking about it, always had really good radio stations that made you want to listen to an entire three hours straight or four hour recording of people making up random stuff, kind of like we do on WBPL 76, but yeah. constantly on the radio. And you just zone out like, well, I'm in between missions right now. Or even if you're playing online with some friends, you just like grab a fast car and just do the loop. Just do that loop for like ever. It was the ultimate like screen. It was a brain dead or relaxation technique, maybe a form of meditation on that game. Until your friends showed up with a helicopter and missiles and started going after you. (laughs) It was the first one that really did a good uh, highway system where you could do that. Um because Vice City and San Andreas were kind of the two. I played Grand Theft Auto 2 as well, the last of the top-down ones. Yeah. But Vice City's the one that's just burned into my memory. I could still navigate that map now, and I haven't touched that game in 20 years. Yeah, they they had that remaster. They had that huge mod that they used the GTA 5 engine. And I'm, I was really hoping to try that one before they were like, no, we're remastering Vice City, shut it down. And then they released, like... Look, the view distance is twice as much and the graphics are slightly more sharper. Pay yeah. us the full amount again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was disappointed in that. Well, All right. I think we got time for more. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the next one is going to be called Will the Fun Police. Hey, guys. Will here. Just listening to the world building episode, want to weigh in real quick here with my take. The peasant railgun does work. But it's an improvised weapon, so it does D4 damage. That motherfucker. That motherfucker. Uh, anyway, moving on to another question. <laughs> I didn't know I'm going to say, I'm on that topic really quick, because oh. while it's an improvised weapon, it does 1D4, you have to account for the fact that almost every system has fall damage. And fall damage specifically says if you fall on someone else, they either take half or the same amount or whatever system you're in. So if you're... <laughs> Launching a peasant at railgun speeds, you have to account for their impact as fall damage on top of the 1d4, which then you know would just be uh, you're still <laughs> in relativistic numbers, yeah. So you know, you'd still do more damage, you you definitely mystify more than one person with the peasant railgun, but it would be 1d4 on top of the fall damage of distance <laughs> launched, I guess. Now we can move on to another question, unless Tom has something to say about the peasant railgun. No, it's a great idea. We're ha- we're in an, we're in an evil campaign now, so this can be something you can come up with. Yeah, no, I'm gonna be uh, shooting fireballs and stuff because I'm a dragon. Yes, you are. All right. The next one is called a courier asking for advice. Mike and Goat and the other BPL guests on the podcast today. Uh, my name is James. I listen to your podcast whenever I get an opportunity to on my beer delivery route or when I'm painting bold action or such. Uh, my question is about recommendations for a role-playing game. I'm looking for either a system to build off of or one that might already exist for a Cold War 70s, 80s time frame 
spy action movie system using alternate history tech for Earth, Moon, Mars, and space action. Uh, if you guys have any recommendations for a system that exists or one that would be a good homebrew skeleton uh, to build it off of, it would be appreciated. Uh, P.S. My favorite mech is a stock Hunchback 4G with small laser remove for more armor. Hope you guys have a great nice. day, and your podcast is great. Well, your Hunchback sounds lovely, sir. I, as a Warhammer 6D enjoyer, I also like to remove the small lasers or machine guns from our armor. Um, on top of that, though, when it comes to the system, um, a system for a skeleton, I mean, you could go anywhere from like Cortex Classic all the way to GURPS to Fade if you'd like to roll into that. Um, not, I mean, Deputy or Tom, do you have like a lot of experience with different systems? You think something that would fit? What he was looking for. Uh, I the two that come to mind would be either GURPS or a uh, version of Traveler, just because they have a lot of uh, high and low tech options that you can pull from, and you know change the set dressing on to fit that kind of aesthetic that he's going for. Because it's it's very easy to run a low tech Traveler campaign. Uh, we're kind of doing that in mine anyway. We're staying away from all the glitter worlds and out in the boonies. Those are those are the two systems that I would think would be the best starting places I know of. But I'm not all that experienced. My uh, experience is pretty narrow, to be honest, in tabletop. Yeah, I've I went through a few dozen systems looking for stuff I wanted to attempt to run. As somebody who started out with 5th edition, well, technically Pathfinder first, but got into 5th edition, then I started branching out to other systems. It's it's hard. There's so many little ones out there you can find. Usually you could find most of them on like Itch.io. Uh, they they usually have huge bundles with a whole bunch of systems you might be interested in. But uh, that that's just a hard. Like if bare bones ones, like I said, Cortex uh, Classic, the newest one Prime is a bit like kind of. I was actually talking to Mister Welsh about it pretty recently, and while he thinks there's like a lot there, he doesn't think it's supposed. To, it's like Legos that weren't meant to fit together. So he, it's a lot of modules that you can bolt on, but it doesn't really feel like you're influencing the game at all. But Cortex Classic is a pretty good bare bones. Um, I've recently had an interaction with GURPS. Uh, I believe you could do anything with GURPS if you're willing to learn what to remove from GURPS, as uh, Goat has talked about before. And then Fate is just very much just like very easy to mod because you just say, well, what kind of skills would you need? You could change them to that and then you just roll for it. So yeah. Sorry, we don't have like a direct great answer for you, but I mean, some of the most bare bones one you could use Genesis if you're really in a narrative type of guy. If you if you want to be vague with your distances and damages and how that all works out, it's really good. If you want to be story driven, if not, I would stick to something that like Fate or GURPS or Cortex Prime or Blades. I know Forge in the Dark, the Blades in the Dark people have a, a system that's been blowing up recently with a lot of uh, systems built around it. Or you can even go to like Star Trek and Infinity's 2D20, 2D20 systems are pretty okay. I don't think they're bad initially, but you know, I'm, it really comes down to how how specific or rules heavy or narrative driven you want your your game to run. What you're going to run is very little the system unless it's like a combat or war game, and then it just you can roll you can flip a coin for every decision, and maybe they can flip two coins if they have advantage, and if they do it, they pass. If they fail, I mean that's how easy playing games with friends are. Just know what you want to get out of it, and you can really kind of dig into what you would like to build for your players. Yeah, Tom, input. 
I haven't really branched out much from um, just D&D, just the <clears throat> editions of D&D, just, you know, 3.5e, 5, that's basically See, it. And I, I took the very atypical path into tabletop gaming. I've never played a game of Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder. I'll get there eventually. All right. Well, hopefully we helped a little bit with a couple key words in there. Some of the things we say might spark an idea of, or yeah, maybe we, they'll answer it on an actual podcast. <laughs> we know, <laughs> know we lay no claim to being uh, professionals or good sources of wind, wisdom here. So, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like with, if it's the main group, you know, goats run a million systems. Crow has looked into and helped work on a lot of different systems as well. And has a lot of great ideas. And Tex is like a grognard, so you can just get. Yeah, he's tabletop I mean, he, grandpa. He had, yeah, he has an, a response to everything. Um, but overall, like this group is more like I'm. I'm a. I'm kind of like fifth generation or fifthy generated and branched out, but I'm not like a sum of pool of good systems yet. All right, the next one is called. Well, sci-fi makes me hard, but. Hey, Tex and the rest of the BPL. This is. Baron Von Bacon, a.k.a. Mr. Bacon again. I had a question about your opinions on hard sci-fi. I know Tex likes Dune and Herbert and Heinlein and those types of authors. What are your guys' opinions on authors like Ray Bradbury, Harlan Ellison, Asimov, those types of people? Maybe you've mentioned... Asimov before, but I don't think you mentioned Bradbury or Ellison. Anyways, keep up the good work. Thanks a lot, guys. I think books are fascinating, and everyone should always be reading books. Now, you know, having a book always being read is a good way to keep your mind like going, and a way to like have some healthy downtime and develop reading skills and you know comprehension, good dictionary, and all that. But unfortunately, I my book reading is only spiked up within the last two years at recommendations of texts. So uh, unless Tom is a much bigger reader than I think he is, have you read any of those? No, no. deputy, tell us about these books. Um, so yes, I I very much am a fan of Bradbury, Asimov, uh, Ellis. Um, sci-fi was something that I got interested in in high school. Um, I still think that Ray Bradbury's is one of my favorite in Fahrenheit 451. Uh, I do collect just weird antiquarian books, and I would love to at some point get my hands on one of the asbestos-lined copies of Fahrenheit 451 that is fireproof, um, because the irony of that is, in my opinion, worth the cost. No, yeah, I, I recommend checking out, uh, just branch out. If if you are already uh, looking into some that have been recommended by text, branch out to others that those authors have done. Um, people give Heinlein crap for being a fascist in his portrayal of Starship Troopers. But then you read Moon is a Harsh Mistress, and he presents the exact opposite viewpoint from a uh, revolutionary trying to correct and then uh, take down a failed libertarian uh, system very similar to what we see in Starship Troopers. He was a very weird guy, but he presents a lot of different and interesting viewpoints in all of his books. Not all of them are winners, but yeah, uh, even, even in modern stuff, if you want modern hard sci-fi. I just finished the Expanse series myself, having been a fan of the TV show, went back and read all the novels. 
I was very impressed with it. No, it's good to hear. So if you're looking for a recommendation, definitely highly recommends the, his books. So hopefully that gave you some insight to what you decided to put your energy and thoughts towards. Let's pull up another question. All right. That was classic digs, everybody. Now on to the next question. This one is just called Listception. Uh, hey, I was listening to an old, old text video and uh, he said he said he really didn't care for top five lists. And uh, it, it got me it got me thinking. I think I've, I've come up with a top five list that Tex will agree with. Uh, so here's my top five list of the uh, top five things Tex doesn't give a fuck about. Number one, top five lists. Is that's that it? <laughs> that, that's, the, one list that's the list. That's the list. Okay. Uh, top five. Um, top five bubble gums. Go, Tom. Uh, you guys remember that bubble tape stuff? Oh, yeah. 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 The pink Love. one that goes, that was like yeah. three feet long. Love bubble tape. Um, bubble tape, Bubblicious, the tropical fruit flavor. Ooh. That one was awesome. Uh, I like the super minty dentine ice extreme stuff. That's great. Is that bubble gum um, though? Or is that just normal gum? Does it's that count? normal gum, but you can blow bubbles um, what is the distinction between bubble gum and not? Is it is there gum that doesn't gum, blow any bubbles? No, no. I think they all do, but bubble gum it's like bubble gum flavor. Well, I'm just gonna like wrap it all up into okay because I I do like gum. It is a good thing. Uh, I like the comically sized gumballs that you get from the quarter machines. Uh, We're looking for number five. The number ones that kind of circle down the tube. For yeah, a while before you get them. It's all about the experience with that one. And uh, another good gum, I'd say, you know, extra, extra bubble gum. Classic. I remember stealing it from my mom's purse. So definitely that. I've I've got a box of the uh, extra sweet watermelon in my truck for work. Yeah. Nice. Um, I would probably go, you know, if you, I want it to taste, but only for like the first two minutes, Wrigley's gum right at the top. Then mm. we got... Um, pretty much any gum that's in a ball size that comes out of a quarter machine is number two to me. Then I'm like icebreakers and then a couple different flavors like of like extreme five gum, how it chews to five feels five gums, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. when they screw up that. It's like how it chews to feels cho- feel ch- five choosing. <laughs> and then um, I'd probably go with like Trident. I think it's called Trident. Oh. The Trident layers. Uh, yeah, like the layers one, because like you, you get multiple experiences through your piece of gum. But and overall, everyone, everyone like, likes Zebra Stripe. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. It doesn't last that long. Yeah, like for your first one minute of chewing, you're like, wow, this is great. And then you're like chewing on something that's slowly getting harder. Yeah. Like, just crushing through it like you think your teeth need the strength exercise. <laughs> your jaw hurts after about 10 minutes. You're like, why am I doing this? This isn't even enjoyable anymore. <laughs> yep. Another fun thing about gum, actually, on my car. On your car? Yeah, on my car. If you, because the wiper reservoir, the cap on there is actually very brittle and it's known to just snap and disintegrate in hands. But it turns out that if you get like the Mentos little, like the circular package, if you get that Mentos package, it fits perfectly on your Focus ST. Oh, right. Or regular focus, actually. 
So it's like a lot of people, that's like one of their first mods that they do to their uh, focus STs because the wiper thing just disintegrates. <laughs> Thanks for like, tuning right. it into board focus pro tips with Tom. Yeah. No, it, it works perfectly. I want to do it to mine, board but my focus. wiper cap hasn't dis- hasn't you know disintegrated yet. Board focus brought to you by Mentos. <laughs> They'll have to have a special color of it with like little speckles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you touch like soda or carbonation, it just explodes. <laughs> <laughs> Bubblegum has a lot of uses. It does. Ask MacGyver. Well, I mean, that was a pretty good run for like episode 100. I mean, you guys want to keep going? Or are we good? I'm yeah. fine either way. Uh, well, uh, we can do one more question and then a comment, and then you guys can end it however you like. How's that sound? It sounds good. All right. All right. So the next question is called Accidentally High. Right. Hey, podcast. Um, Magnificent Flabby here. I, uh, I, I got accidentally high the other day and um, started thinking about the best way to uh, improve humanity. And I want to know what you thought about it uh, with a follow-up question. But uh, So what do you think if, uh, if to, to help out humanity on the whole, for patent laws, you had to uh, defend your patent in a physical fist fight? And no, <laughs> and uh, no corporation can hold a patent. It has to be the individual scientist, you know, that, that does it. So you'd have to fist fight to hold your patent. Uh, that spawned the follow-up question: uh, What two CEOs, even if you don't know their name, would you love to see in a fist fight? Like when we're talking bare knuckle, like you know, the dude from IBM and the dude who owns like Chiquita Banana or something like that. You know, anyway, anyway uh, hope you smiled. Hope this is good. I think like Bezos and Gates are in the same weight class. And, you know, I think that would be a pretty, if you got like kind of a couple years younger Gates with a current Bezos, I think that would be a pretty rock solid display of like prowess of mind. Yeah. There was a South Park episode actually where Bill Gates and the CEO of Sony actually started fighting and, uh, and it ended up that Bill Gates won. So yeah. I think he has a good chance of beating Bezos. Well, he does have the uh, backing of that 5G network to power yeah. him up, keep his battery charged. I want to see whatever soulless corpo type is running Disney now. Defend that patent in a 300 style movie against the thousands, millions of people trying to get the copyright closed on Mickey Mouse. There's a huge battle over Mickey Mouse right now, and he has to fight over. Or, no, wait, yeah, the whole premise is you have to defend your patent against battles, and everyone wants yep. Mickey Mouse. Oh man, Mickey Mouse! Every time it comes close to becoming public domain, they move, they push that a little bit further down the road, so they don't have to deal with it. There would be a dedicated, like black guard level military service we protect your patents where you you tell your patent to somebody who is protected by like this security thing it's like oh no he's unkillable your patent's safe with him it's like yeah you don't gotta kill me i don't have the patent on it but i pay these guys to have the patent on it <laughs> there'd be Probably. a whole new whole new service of people protecting patents we we'd find a new and interesting way to make the world worse is i yeah. think what the consensus is on any improve the world schemes that's too funny. Can't really think. I mean, obviously Bezos could fight the moon. I don't know anyone on his level. I or uh, Elon Musk can fight Mars. I guess. Well, Musk and Bezos. Whoever wins gets the NASA contracts. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, like Blue Origin versus SpaceX, and then yeah, gets the rights over NASA. I think that'd be a pretty good fight. Could be Man. like the owner of Burger King versus McDonald's and like a rodeo pit. That Are they dressed up fun. as like McDonald and the King? Yes. Okay. Here comes Wendy with the chair. <laughs> oh, the Hamburglar's bribing the judge. <laughs> oh, good lord. Well, I mean. I'd like to just say everyone out there in the Black Pants Legion podcast viewer and listener base, I guess it's listener base, it's been 100 episodes, guys. It started as a stupid idea, patented by Diggs, which is why I was on episode one, and then brought in and just kept running. And at this point, I've listened to like three whole episodes, and it's pretty cool. Uh, I just want to thank everyone out there for like, you know, sending in their thank yous and how much you've enjoyed it. And if it helped you in any way, I'm glad the BPL in general has been able to carry on Texas one wish of like putting good out into the world. I think the stuff that the Legion has come together to put out on WBPL 76, as well as the podcast and every other kind of outro or any kind of outgoing source, usually through the black pants Legion YouTube channel. is just a really positive experience for me and many others. And to find people with the like, like-minded way to look at the world and want us to improve it or at least shitpost in it to make you a distracted from the crappy stuff out there. It's been wonderful. And uh, 100 episodes of you guys like there. If any of you have listened to all 100 episodes, have any of you two? Yeah, no. I listen to them every week. Nice. I Realistically, I, I can't listen to podcasts when I'm home. And since I have been home for a while, I'm fall back to all my podcasts. Um, but it has been a real treat. I listen to the one occasionally, especially if it has like a topic or someone specific on that I haven't talked to in a while. Because then you get like, oh, I wonder how they're doing. And for me, the reason's twofold. Number one, I want to see how the question names are going over, whether the joke holds through. Um, but also, it's it's an hour uh, that I can use when I'm on patrol because I'm in the car constantly at work. So. It's it's a good opportunity for it. And I listen to a lot of audiobooks, listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, I really can't travel anywhere significantly if I don't have something going on. Like radio is give like I've lost faith in radio since I realized I'm at that point in my life where new music is not fun anymore. Like and I now I know exactly where my parents were and my great grandparents were saying, What is this noise you're listening to? And I think I've hit that point where I go I look at the top 10 songs on the Billboard Top 100 song, and there's stuff on there that I don't understand why anyone could enjoy. And I think that's just part of life. You just get to that point where you've locked in the things you enjoy, and the new things are oh, just yeah. like not. I used to be hip with it, and then they changed it, and now I'm not. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but but realistically, it's um, podcasts are a really cool way to reach people. And in, find enjoyment. Like I listen to a lot of like actual play podcasts, or at least they like to pretend they're actual play podcasts. Uh, and then I have my couple. Like I have a. I usually listen to one that I'm not going to get about any names because this is not free advertising. But like I listen to like a a quick one that gives me update on the news that happened the previous day and w- what's scheduled for today, which is like ten minutes, and like another five minute one that's just like video game news, like what's coming out, what's new, what's patch, you know, and it's really fast. And those are nice, but. If I'm not driving anywhere, multiple, like at least twice a day, like there and back, I don't really listen to podcasts, unfortunately. Yeah, I uh, I listen to a lot of stuff that's work related, um, but I have to take a break from that. So I'll do a work related audio book, and then I'll do 
maybe some tabletop RPG podcasts or something fun and then back into something work for the next podcast. Try and switch it up, not become uh, stagnant in what I'm doing. I mean, yeah, you're you're always trying to look, look for a new way to handle justice. Justice man. But Tom, do you ever listen to any podcasts anymore? Like on the job or anything? No, not really. You just jam out or talk with your friends or, yeah, or your I coworkers? Have, I, usually well we might have like a radio going. I have Spotify so I can listen to stuff ad free. Nice. Uh, I don't like ads. Um, but my drive to work is five minutes, so I don't have time for it when I'm at work. That was a, I was a, I always needed something going on me when I was working. Uh, I would, it was usually a podcast, but that I hit to a point where I can't listen anymore. Either work got too busy or I've lost the ability to focus for the day. So I'd have to turn it off and just put on like chill tunes just so there's some background mm-hmm. noise. But usually I'm, I was always listening to a podcast or someone would be like, man, I haven't listened to, I was listening to tool. And I'm like, man, I haven't listened to tool in a while. So I'll just go to Spotify as like, top 10 tool songs have played. I'll just go through that list really quick and just be like, yeah. Then back to a podcast. <laughs> I, uh, so I'm restoring a tube radio, um, just as something to do. I tinker with electronics and mechanical things. Um, but during that I've been listening to a long form, like 10 hour long documentary on Napoleon on, uh, YouTube. So that's been interesting. I'm about five hours into it. You are you still getting it all? Are you enjoying it? What have you learned that's yeah. unique, or what what kind of surprised you about Napoleon recently? Uh, well, I mean, I I hadn't really looked into him as an individual. Um, I knew the highlights, um, but some of his upbringing and just how meteoric his rise to power actually was. I always assumed that he was some lesser noble that just happened to be in the hot seat. Uh, not that he'd come up as an army officer, for instance. So he fought his way to the top. Well, there was very much some luck involved, but yeah, he, he was not somebody that anybody ever would have thought would lead France, uh, especially not in its closest it ever got to world domination. Pretty interesting. I don't have the yeah. tension span. I barely make it through a, a Texas battle tech these days. But the, the, what helped me through this time is one, the intermission was great, and two, I was watching with a lot of people, so it helps you focus when you're not just staring blankly at a screen, waiting for the images to pop up in front of your eyes. I'd worked I mean, the night before, so I missed most of this last release, but I watched it after. It was beautiful. I got the poster of the Black Widow uh, in my closet. It's the biggest poster I own now. I'm bigger than these maps, um, I, but. Uh, <laughs> The guy on the question mentioned Ghostbusters earlier. I've got a nine-foot-tall Vigo the Carpathian rolled up, and I just don't know where to display him. you got to get a frame for that. You gotta How get, do you like, frame something that big? you you got to get some pieces of wood and get to work, man. You have to give Vigo a portal into the world, and it can't just be like Amazon Basics 7, 72 by 54, you know? No, yeah, no, there's, there's no standard frames. I'm going to have to build one. So that's awesome. Well, I mean, thank you both for coming out and deciding to do this with me. When I, when Tex kind of threw the ball at me yesterday and he was just like, you know, it'd be really fun for the hundredth episode. And I was like, what's that? He's like, you should do it. You were on the first one. You should be on the hundredth one and I shouldn't be on it. And I'm like, okay, what are we going to talk about? He's like, I'll just give you questions. 
you can see what I go through. And I'm like, but I don't know anything about it. He's like, yeah, it'll be funny. <laughs> and I was like, well, obviously I have to have, like, I, I looked really quick. I was like, who was on last one, which was deputy. So immediately I was like, Hey, Depp, hope, have you got to try that? Use that monitor at all? Yeah. It's set up right now. I really appreciate it. Oh, awesome. And I was like, who was on there pretty recently, but kind of like was sprinkled in through the, the, many episodes i wanted to find people who've been on it before to kind of like jump jump so now all of us are covered for a while we've done our our <laughs> we were summoned for jury duty we have fulfilled our fulfillment and you know i thank text of the black pants legion and crow for helping record this and throw the questions at us for like giving us the time and ability to share this time giving text a day off from it and uh have you guys have anything you want to say before we sign off stay cool Hit him with your big line there, Tom. What line? Yeah, there it is. That's the classic Tom <laughs> line. The what classic line? Tom. See, Tom, Tom is wide morally while I am wide physically. Uh, <laughs> it allows him lateral movement. One, one moment he may be kissing the baby and the next shaking it. I've only shaken babies on several occasions, and it has always been intentional, unlike his accidental. Vote for me for mayor. <laughs> oh crap! Is this is this deputies jumping, bringing back the mayor election? That's crazy. I also want to say Bring big shout back. out to uh, big big dick uh, Polish for uh, actually coming up with the idea for this for the hundredth episode. It was his idea. Oh, and, that's uh, awesome! Yeah. And well, uh, I mean, yeah. thank thank you guys for letting us do it. I hope that was entertaining enough on the BPL standards of quality. If we have one of those, I I don't think we do. No. Sorry, right. I forgot. I, I forgot. I I was muted.